Welcome to Fundamentally Drained Podcast with your hosts, Father Everett Lees, Father Tom Dahlman, and Justin Dixon. Three Christians exploring Christianity from a perspective other than the fundamental view from which we have become fundamentally drained. We'll begin the conversation, and you take it from there. Today, we're going to talk about something. (laughs) And what that is, we're still not sure. (laughs) So, um, we kind of have... We know the theme. What was that? We know the theme. (laughs) That's right. It's something along the lines of universal. <laughs> and so we'll leave it at that. Maybe we'll just call it universal. Um, so Universal health care. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. And we've just changed uh, topics this- or <laughs> categories. <laughs> okay. So there is an idea um, that kind of floated across different ways. And, and um, my terminology that I that I painted it was uh, universal reconciliation. And it was an idea that, um, that at, at some point all, and I'll, I'm going to say people, but there's also in parentheses probably the word things, are, are saved at some point or another. And so um, the idea, then Tom, you, you spoke about a universal restoration. So um, get, get, start there. Let's start there and, and uh, give us your thoughts on universal restoration and what that means, and then we'll kind of spitball off of that. Well, it says at the end of Revelation that I saw the bride coming down from heaven, the, the new Jerusalem, prepared as a bride, prepared for her husband. The dwelling of God will be with people. Um, it talks about in Isaiah chapter 35, verses 1 through 10, about eyes of the blind being opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped, lame leaping like a deer, mute shouting for joy, water gushing forth in the desert, burning sand becoming a pool. We could just keep going. Right, right. But it's it's the idea that um, we have this idea where we came in, the, where I grew up that, you know, the world's just going to be burned up. We're going to go to heaven. We're going to be souls. But right. the I think the Jewish idea and the early Christian idea is that the creation will be restored. The earth will be restored. Our bodies will be restored. We'll have a new body that's like Christ's body. We'll, uh, Jesus said in John 3, for I did not come to con- Jesus did not come to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. John three seventeen, mm-hmm. so it's not so. Th- if that's true, then this physical world matters. The things we do matter. So, really, if we believe in this eventual restoration of all things or reconciliation, some R word. What are we? How does that change the way we live as as Christians? It seems like it would change it a lot. Right. Right. Everett, what are your what are your first thoughts? Well, um, I think that that Tom is talking about universal talk is talking about the restoration of all things. So the the, the new creation, as as Wright talks about, um, it seemed like you were kind of leaning more towards the question of universal salvation, which uh. are related, but 
maybe not, but maybe different. Maybe different. That's yep. a good question. How are they related? That's okay. Proceed. <laughs> well, and and so I think that the 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 larger question is the the question that that Tom brings up, which is um, the the image that's found in Revelation um, about the New Jerusalem, um, the fulfillment of of all things, and in and what does that even you know what that means? Um, and within it comes a question of well, what about those who who oppose God? Um, what happens? Right. What happens? Yeah. Right. Right. So I grew up with the idea that those people are cast into the center of the earth <laughs> and in some cave-like structure where the guy in red pajamas pokes at them and burns them eternally. That and really it was in the center of the earth? Yes. Weird. Well, that is the hottest place. Well, that's the, the, and that, is, that that, is that what the... <laughs> So is that the idea of it? Is that that that's the hottest place? So that's where they, that's where the devil is and hell and everything. I mean, that's what I have stuck in my mind is that the devil and hell are at the center of the earth. And so, so here, I mean, this so this is sort of interesting, um, you know, because because I think what Justin's pointing to is something that that all of us are familiar with. That you know, if you're bad, you go down somewhere, right? You stay on Earth, just in the lower depths of Earth. But if you're good, you go off the earth and you go to to heaven. And, you know, the first one, I mean, the idea of like going down to the deep is, in fact, a biblical image. But Sheol. going off to heaven is not um, a biblical image. Is it, uh, is it, you pronounce it Sheol, S-H-E-O-L? Yeah, so there's a couple, there's a couple of different words for, for, for that, Sheol's. You know, it, but yeah, it's this idea that you go down to this this nether world, right? But but is but isn't that just the grave, like l- literally buried in the ground, is the way that's interpreted, as opposed to center of the earth? Not I don't know. We don't have to get down that road, but that's what I understood. So depends on where you come from. <laughs> <laughs> but I I mean yeah I think it's we would know it as the grave, but. Yeah. Well, but I mean, I mean, in their cosmology was, is that there was this, there was this, it was just this netherworld, right? And you get this in, in both Greek, um, uh, Greek mythology, and you also get it in some of the um, earliest Jewish writings, which is, is that, Mm, you know, earliest Jewish writings did not have a strong um, statement about what happens after you die. Right. It's only later that. Uh, Judaism begins to talk about the resurrection. Right, right. Uh, can you explain cosmology? What do you mean? By it's just that? the way that you, what you see the world, the universe. You know, so there's a, you know, there's a makeup of the world, and this is how you kind of understand it. Okay, okay. So back to um, universal restoration ah. for the moment. Um, and then I've got universal salvation, and that that was it. That was what I was trying to think about. <laughs> that was the other R word <laughs> that starts with an S. <laughs> um, so, Tom, whenever... Um, so I, I, I'm trying to think about this in a universal restoration coming down, um, the New Jerusalem coming down, and um, I 
don't want to go into the idea that it's the floating city coming down itself, but the idea is that all things will be restored to new. Um, and that, uh, ever throughout the term new creation, um, I know we are going to focus on that topic at some point, but is the idea here is that um, the uh, someone told me the other day that the, the oceans are warming up and it is causing more hurricanes. Now, um, maybe this is a bad example um, or something like that, but, but let's just say damage we've done to trees and nature and things like that because of whatever, trash dumps, uh, whatever it is, pollution. Are those things part of universal restoration? I would say those things are the fruit of us not understanding God's plan. If okay. you, the majority of the Christian world, um, at least the ones that have power, political power right now, don't believe, we're Gnostics, basically. We believe flesh is bad, world is bad, soul is good, uh, knowledge is good. more knowledge we get, the more we're saved. We're just like the Gnostics. And so we've thought that the world is going to be burned up. Our bodies are going to be burned up. So it's okay what we do to our body. We can be 500 pounds. And it's okay if we just trash the earth because it's going to be burned up. Mm. I've heard preachers say this from the pulpit, mm. that we can trash. It doesn't matter what we do to this world because it's destined for hell. Um, that is not what it says in Scripture. It does say that they will be, that it does talk about a fire, but it, the elements being burned with fire. But is that the refiner's fire? Um, and it, it also, Jesus' body went to the grave, but when he was resurrected, he still had the scars. Mm -hmm. So the pain he went through wasn't forgotten. So I feel like I'm preaching now. Sorry, but no, Revelation twenty one eight says, "As for the cowardly, the faithless, the polluted, the murderers, the fornicators, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all liars, their place will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death." <laughs> okay. Yes. Let us let us go there. There we here, are. Open here we go. Door. <laughs> Giddy up. <laughs> so, on day one, right. <laughs> Genesis, book of Genesis, we've got these six days of creation, and so at the creation, time is part of what's created. Am I right, Everett and Justin? You're right. Am I Preach. right or am I right? <laughs> so God lives outside of time. He's not a product of time. And then, so time is part of the created order. So there's a sense in which God is now present at the creation and God is now present at the end because he's outside of time. And there's this neat verse that's in first Peter three eighteen that I never understood because it didn't fit into my evangelical frame of mind growing up. And it's also in the creed where we say he descended into hell or he descended to the dead it says, for Christ suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous. He might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison. So there's a sense in which Christ, the idea, I think, I mean, 
I can't climb into this writer, New Testament writer's head, but it seems like he's talking about when Christ died on the cross, he went to preach the spirits of those in prison, like those killed in the flood and during the days of Noah. So and it those, says, those who had died previously is the idea there. Yes. Yep. Okay. And he's preaching to them. Okay. Bringing good news. So, bringing good news. And so they exist outside of time. So it's not like the ones in the future um, aren't there yet. There is no future. There is no past. Time doesn't exist there. So Christ is there now preaching to the spirits of those in prison. Why do you preach to people who don't have the chance uh, to respond to the invitation, mm. as we used to say growing up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's why C.S. Lewis... In the Great Divorce, or Gregory of Nyssa and his works, they talked about hell being locked from the inside is right. the idea. So who's going to say no uh, to God's love for forever? So, sorry, Everett. I, I'm getting, uh, I got on a tangent. I don't even remember what the original point was now. No, that was sorry. great. So, <laughs> so it's funny, Everett. I, I can just, I can't reconcile that verse you read. I stop a couple of verses up. <laughs> And don't go down into that verse because I can't I can't get there with it. So give me your thoughts on that verse you read. Uh, what was it? Revelations twenty one eight eight was it? Yeah. Okay. All right. So I think if you if you look at the entire that that last chapter uh, last two chapters of Revelation, yeah, yeah. Um, it's the it's sort of the culmination of things, and there is a sense in which that there are those who um, who are going to be um, on the outside, and, and and I think it's 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 the outside um, by their own choice. But um, so Revelation twenty two fifteen goes outside. So so then so you have this this idea that those who were bad were going to be burned in the sulfur lake, um, and then you have the New Jerusalem. It gives a description of the the New Jerusalem, um, and then. In, in chapter 22, it says, Outside are the dogs and sorcerers and fornicators and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices um, falsehood. falsehood yeah. um, and, um, but then you have this sort of this, this, this image of the water that is coming out of the city um, to the, those on the outside um, of the gates. From the Ezekiel vision right you know, and water from the temple you know i mean uh, yeah so we i mean we don't we don't really know um it, you know where i sort of land is is that there are probably you know there could be people who choose to reject god um i i i tend to think that um you know we say in the creed that he will come again to judge the living and the dead so it's not that you die and then you're judged, but if that in the resurrection of the dead, you know, people will have a choice. And some could say, forget you, uh, don't want to be any part of this. Other, you know, um, most people I don't think would would do that. I don't know. Free will does not end after we die. Hmm. The uh, but you you reference great divorce, um, and in the hell area there, whatever you want to call it, on whatever, um, 
where the bus stop is. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, it mentions there how every, you know, and it and throws Hitler around and stuff like that, but everyone there, maybe not everyone there, but people there have their own house. And it, it keeps talking about how they keep moving further and further away from other people. And isolation uh, can be hell. Um, I was reading an author last night who referenced how, you know, people being put into a hole can be driven to insanity. You know, that's a form of punishment. And um, people just can turn so inside that it becomes this isolation that drives them mad. Um, But that is a form of hell. And so he keeps he talks about that area being driven further, 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 further apart because they choose not to be in community or not to respond to what is there for them. Um, and so the, uh, it's an interesting picture. I mean, I don't picture bus stops and things like that at the end, but I, I mean, I love the, the uh, imagery imagery of that, that C.S. Lewis uses. Um, okay. So where do we go with this next? This is, <laughs> you know, it's funny. My tendency and uh, I'll just admit this now is like, wow, there's so many different topics we can use on other podcasts here. But let's just. But, but I want to go. I want to. I want mean, to go, I wanna, I, I go, go back to the Great Divorce, and because what's 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 brilliant about the Great Divorce okay. is that that those who you know it doesn't you know it's not it, it you know it's not talking about the the you know child abusers and the serial killers and. You know Hitler and 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 those kind of people you can easily you know imagine or think about being in in, in hell. But but the the folks that that Lewis uses as characters are people who are every bit as much like us. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and and so he uses common obstacles or criticisms of religion for reasons why people. Um, you know, are are why people sort of object um, to to the bus ride, and and I think that's what's brilliant um, about it is is that that when I read it, I can relate to you know the person who says, "Oh, that guy's here." Oh, I'm not. You know, right. I'm, I'm yeah. I don't. I'm not going to be with that person. Right. Yeah. There's the guy who <clears throat> who's the preacher, I guess, and he finds a different spin and he goes, Oh, and I thought about Jesus and what if Jesus, you know, never died or something like that, some kind of thing like that. And then I, I can, I can do a sermon series over that <laughs> or something like that, but it's these things that can occupy our mind and, and, uh, you know, kind of, uh, well, yeah, just that make us busy. And when it's not actually the right thing, and that is what we live and die for instead of Christ, instead of the good news and so on. Um, okay. So, God, we went through a lot. <laughs> I'm not sure where to go from here. I, I feel like I want to back up some and get back to universal restoration a little bit here. And so, uh, because then, then there's a lake of fire and where those things mean, we, we kind of sped forward a little bit. Um, so Tom, what happens um, when, when the new Jerusalem descends and are the, the dead shall rise and all things are made right. And there's 
60 billion people <laughs> on the earth. <laughs> so what happens? Yeah. So, um, yep. So what happens after this? Because um, Christ, you know, like I said, New Jerusalem descends, things come down, and Christ comes down and makes everything right is the idea. Is that is that correct? Yes. Okay. But, so, but not in the sense that the pain of this, just as the good things that have been done aren't forgotten, um, the pain is not forgotten either. Like Jesus still had the scars, and, you know. Okay. So go ahead, though. No, that's a great There's a great sermon by St. John Chrysostom uh, in which it envisions that, that first Peter um, passage. And, and Jesus goes to Adam and Eve, and he says, Look at the spittle on my face, which I received because of you, in order to restore you to that first divine inbreathing at creation. See the blows on my cheeks, which I accepted in order to refashion your distorted form to my own image. See the scourging on my back, which I accepted in order to disperse the load of your sins, which was laid upon your back. See my hands nailed to the tree for a good purpose for you, who reached out to your hand to the tree for an evil one. Hmm. And um, so, so St. John Chrysostom re-envisions these scars that Jesus carries in the way in which it reverses the story of the fall. I, I think that Everett is on to something that that's the real question. I, nobody knows what happens you know, after that, except, I mean, I've heard people say, um, I mean, the idea is that even in heaven, there's still a, there's still growth to happen. We're still moving towards um, greater Christ-likeness. We're still moving towards um, being with God, you know, and and the great divorce, um, the people who get on the bus and come up to heaven, and people are probably going, why do they keep quoting the story? He's quoting theology. It's not just a story to make you have a devotional thought. He's actually giving <laughs> Christian theology. So so they there's this bright light off in the distance, and the job of the people in heaven is to continue to move towards it. And as they move towards it, they become more real, less ghostly and soul-like, and more physical and more alive. So maybe that's, it's just about growth. Um, Billy Graham, I thought this was kind of fun. He used to say that he thought at the new creation, God will send um, the people of the world to evangelize on alien worlds. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I don't know. I mean, why not? (laughs) Uh, That's kind of a fun thought. That is. (laughs) I mean, I got no, I got no... Christian theology for that, or Bible or anything, but <clears throat> it seems like alien worlds are a part of the new creation to me, so well, all anyway, things are <laughs> all the universe, yeah, but Everett's, Everett's hitting on the real question which is in the western world we just like to think there is no hell and you can do whatever you want or there's no reconcili- reckoning let's put it that way the reckoning, sounds like but, a tombstone <laughs> yeah, but um, we need that in a sense. I mean, uh, I heard Miroslav Wolf speak, and he has a book on 
on hell or on justice. And he said the way my ancestors in Eastern Europe, not his ancestors, his parents' generation, the way they quit fighting the Orthodox and the Muslim was because both the Muslim leaders and the Orthodox leaders got together and said, um, let's let God judge this. So if you don't believe God will judge and oh, make wow. things right, how, and so this idea of no justice doesn't work outside of the United States or Western Europe. But my point is, that's the real, Everett, I think, hits on the real point in his quote on Chrysostom. What's going to happen if there is no eternal damnation, if people have the chance to leave hell to face up to what they've done and, and walk out of the door of hell towards God, um, which is what we're saying, then what about justice? To me, that's the real question. So the fires of refinement, then, um, as I have further understood, I guess, um, come, to under, come to believe, understand, I don't know, um, is that, that that coming is a time when all things are made right, which means that, um, you know, the, the fire in Scripture, Tom, you alluded to this, um, some time ago, how it's going to, it's, it's a refiner's fire and it purifies us purifying. If you stick the gold in the, you know, fire, it burns away all of the impurities. And so right. the idea is that Christ's return will, um, you know, not through, yeah, I won't go there. Uh, will refine by fire, all of us, and um, will make us new in a sense that um, we are Christ-like. Now, you you alluded to Christ-likeness being something that is an ongoing thing, as so did C.S. Lewis, and that's fine. But this is just kind of my uh, reconciling. Well, this in I, my own I, mind. I I think that I I think that those of us who grew up with the fear of hell driven into us, right, um, have been too quick to sort of ignore that there are passages in the New Testament, which there are passages in the New Testament where the fire is more of a refiner's fire. But there are passages in the New Testament, um, I'm thinking about um, at the Sermon on the Mount, and, um, you know, Jesus um, says, um, but I say to you that are angry with brother or sister, you'll be liable to judgment if you insult with brother or sister, You'll be liable to the council, and if you say you fool, you'll be liable to the hell um, of fire. Or the idea of of trees that don't bear fruit, they will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Mm, right. That's clearly not an image of refiner's fire, but but um, yeah. sort of a fire of judgment. And so I, I find myself in a weird position because I don't want to sit there and, you know, hellfire and brimstone. Um, but I, I think that we have to hold on to this notion of God's judgment, um, that we need to hold these things, that these things have eternal, uh, internal meaning to them. Okay. So is it possible though, Everett, that it is a refiner's fire, but there are people who choose not to accept it as that? That, yeah, that could be Dante and, and, and his Inferno. Like, you had to walk through the fire in order to get to Paradiso. And, you know, that, that yeah, I, I'm not, but I'm saying that I think that 
good progressive Christians sometimes are too quick to go to, to explain away the passages of judgment because they because the way they've been misused by our brothers and sisters. Um, and I'm, I'm just wondering if there are two types of fire that are mentioned in the New Testament. One, which is clearly a refiner's fire. You know, is there another one which that, you know, hey, there's 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 eternal meaning that's behind this. That's a good point, um, and I would agree with that too. Um, to where we get into a point to where you do just just what a, what I worry is about to happen in the upcoming elections is that things have been so far one way that they're just going to get absolutely thrown the other way, which is not necessarily a great thing. <laughs> you know, it's more of like a center is where we need to be on things. Um, it's the same kind of thing. So I, that's a good point. Um, and something I don't necessarily want to admit myself, I had rather read away hell um, in the Bible. And I had rather redefine it, actually, is probably the better word, uh, because of my, um, whatever, despising, you know, past teachings and things like that. So I, would, I, I will go into it, and that just turns into the bias that I'm reading with when I'm reading the Bible or trying to understand things. And so I can hop on to someone's message who says that, and I can just keep going, yeah, this is it, this is it, this is the one, and keep going when in actuality we need to hold, you know, all views <laughs> in a sense um, with with prayer, I guess, you know, and kind of sit down and meditate with it and sit with it and, and uh, see where the Spirit leads us. So, Tom, do you have something to add? I guess that um, I I agree with what Everett is saying. I just I think that there are things that I go through in this life that can feel like the end. Um, say if Justice is a bad example, but if Justin said, "Tom, you are a selfish jerk," I could look at that and say, "Well, that's the end of our friendship." And I could take it as the end, or I could say, I could do self-reflection. I could say, is that right? Hmm. Am I a selfish jerk? Oh, Justin's right. I'm a selfish jerk. And then I start working on myself. Then I go back to Justin and I say, I'm sorry. You were right. I am a selfish jerk. And then he sees honesty in me, and then the friendship is restored. I think that's an example of that could feel like the end or judgment, and it could be depending on how I receive it. That I think even that fire uh, in the great divorce once, sorry, broken record, there are people who are never going to get on the bus and go up to heaven and walk towards the light. Right. And I do, and I do think that the, the, the broad scriptural story is more of this this fire refiner's fire this notion you know god is the you know is a, is a god of second chances you know there's a um, a passage in in jeremiah where god basically says you know i forget you people i'm i'm sick i'm tired of you <laughs> y'all just go away you know i'm going to give you over to your enemies they're going right. to defeat you they're going to take <laughs> all your gold and then you know at the end of the chapter like but if you write and gives him, you know, gives gives creation an opportunity, and I and and I do think that we have a gracious and loving and forgiving God, 
Um, but I just think sometimes we're uncomfortable with the passages of judgment that we try to explain them away. And sometimes maybe we need to sit in the, and the, those tough passages of, of judgment for a while. And the, uh, the other thing we should say real quick before we finish is that um, if there is a judgment fire, it doesn't necessarily mean what I think it means from my childhood. Oh, that means God is going to burn someone alive for all eternity. In the center of the earth. <laughs> it, <laughs> it doesn't. It is that the idea in a lot of these, uh, I, I forget the Greek word right now, but um, <laughs> there is this idea that we've said the soul is eternal. And so, uh, so if you're being punished in hell, it lasts for eternity. But, uh, but uh, well, I don't know where we got that idea. Um, <laughs> you know, it could be, and not, it doesn't mean it's eternal. Somebody could turn away from it. The idea in, the idea being, it's like rust. Sin is like rust. Eventually that car in the field is gone. Um, so I don't think it's necessarily an eternal thing that Everett's talking about. Well, and, and, and the Orthodox, um, their their treatment of it is is that for some people the the love of God right so so the answer to God you know is is mercy but there are people who experience mercy and love as hell and that's what the Orthodox say hmm. you know is that is that there are people for whom the love of God is is a personal hell okay we have to stop. So let's, um, I think we can dissect this and come back and pick on some, uh, pick up some various places we left off because we went <laughs> all over the place as is normal. Um, so um, let, let's, there's some very specific things I think we can pick up and, and run with and we still didn't, well, anyway, so we'll leave it with that. May the peace of the Lord be always with you. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at, at @fundrainpod. We'd love to hear your comments on our episodes and also suggest future episode topics. Also, if you enjoy what we're doing, go on to iTunes and give us a review, please. Thanks a lot.